Good evening and welcome to tonight's edition of the FIFA World Cup show. Wherever you are tuning in to this episode from, whether you are in the USA, on the African continent, Americas, Asia, Europe, and Oceania, welcome to the most exciting, informative, and educative sports show on the calling platform with yours truly, Philip Alimo. I have love for sports. Yesterday was our 10th episode. Today is our 11th episode. It just feels like yesterday, a month ago, when I started on this platform. And I hope together we'll celebrate many milestones, we'll celebrate our 20th episode, 30th episode, 50th episode, 100 episodes, and many, 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 many episodes on this platform. We continue our series tonight on the FIFA Classic Player. And tonight, we'll continue where I will tell you about the story behind the oldest scorer in the FIFA World Cup history. Who is this? There is no other person than Cameroonian legend Roger Miller. He's the oldest scorer to have played at the World Cup, and I'll tell you more about him. I'll also be telling you more about an outstanding talent that played for both Bayern Munich and West Germany. He played in the 1966 and 1970 World Cup and won the World Cup in 1974 as a captain and later went on to lead his country to win the bid to host the World Cup in recent times. 
It's no other person than Franks Beckenbauer, an outstanding player in his time and an outstanding administrator as well. He was the chairman of the local organizing committee when Germany hosted the World Cup in 2006. I'll also be telling you more about one of the most entertaining and dominating star that played for the Brazilian national team at the 1958 and 1962 World Cup. He's called Karinga. Karinga. I'll be telling you more about Karinga as well. Now, I'll be telling you about one gold machine after whom one award was named after him. And it's the award is still very competitive and relevant in recent times. I'm talking about the captain of Hungary's golden generation of the 1950s. I'm talking about Frank Pushkas. The best goal, the most exceptional goal, usually awarded by FIFA, named the Pushkas Award, was derived and named after this legend. And tonight, on your most educative, informative, and exciting sports show, I will be giving you more details about these legends and how they influenced the beautiful game. Yesterday, I told you about how the term beautiful game was derived. It was coined by the legendary Brazilian legend Pelé. I also told you about Diego Armando Maradona, Johan Cruyff, and Eusebio. So tonight, without much ado, I go straight to our first FIFA legend, Roger Mella. Roger, Albert Roger Mella, known as Roger Mella, was born 20th May 1952. He's a Cameroonian former professional footballer who played as a forward. He started his career at the famous academy of Dynamo. He was one of the first African players to be major stars on the international stage. He played in three World Cups for the Cameroon national team. He achieved international stardom at age 38, an age which most forward would have retired. However, Roger Miller played at the 1990 World Cup and scored four goals and became the oldest scorer in World Cup history. He helped Cameroon become the first African team to reach the World Cup quarterfinals. Since then, two other teams have gone on to achieve the quarterfinal berth at the World Cup, namely Senegal and my beloved Ghana. Senegal did it in Japan, Korea 2002, and Ghana replicated that fate at the 2010 World Cup. Four years later, at the age of 42, Roger Miller broke his own record as the oldest scorer in the World Cup by scoring against Russia in the 1994 FIFA World Cup. At that World Cup, I remember closely, Russia trashed Cameroon 6-1, but Roger Miller scored 
the only goal for Cameroon at that time, at the age of 42. Miller is also remembered for his trademark goal celebration of running to the corner flag and performing a dance. In the years that have followed, he has been recognized as a pioneer of the many unconventional and imaginative goal celebrations since then. For many lovers of the PS and FIFA console games will, be, will bear me testimony to these claims. His goal celebrations are featured in the games that were produced within this period. In 2004, he was named by Pelé in the FIFA 100 list of world's greatest living players. In 2007, the Confederation of African Football named Mela the best African player of the various 50 years. His international career, Mela played for the Cameroonian national team 77 times and scored 43 goals. Miller made his first appearance for Cameroon in 1973 versus Zaire in the World Cup qualifier. He was a member of the Cameroon's team at the 1982 FIFA World Cup, having a goal disallowed against Peru in their first match. Cameroon went out with three draws from their first three rounds of games. Two years later, he was part of the squad that competed at the 1984 Summer Olympic Games in Los Angeles, California. In 1988, at the ripe age of 36, Miller celebrated his retirement from international football with a jubilee in Cameroon. However, in 1990, he received a phone call from the president of Cameroon, Paul Bia, who pleaded with him to come out of international retirement and rejoin the national team. He agreed and went to Italy with the Indomitable Lions for the 1990 World Cup, where he caused a sensation. Let's take a look back at that moment that is celebrated across the world. Albert Roger Miller is the most celebrated footballer in the history of African football. A veteran of three FIFA World Cups, he scored a total of five goals in ten matches. Born on the 20th of May 1952 in Yaoundé in Cameroon, Miller exploded onto the scene at the ripe old age of 38. A fine technician with remarkable vision, his performances during the 1990 finals in Italy won him a place in the hearts of football fans the world over. Roger Miller made his FIFA World Cup debut at the 1982 finals in Spain. It was the first time that Cameroon had qualified for the finals, and they were full of optimism. After goalless draws against Peru and Poland, the Africans created problems for their next opponents, Italy, and French-based striker Roger Miller was a constant threat. 
Despite going a goal down in the 60th minute, Cameroon responded with an immediate equaliser. Italy was stunned and Cameroon celebrated in style. Sadly for Miller, a draw was not enough. Despite remaining undefeated, Cameroon went out of the FIFA World Cup on goal difference. They departed for home, reciprocating the warmth with which they were embraced. Cameroon failed to qualify for the 1986 finals in Mexico, but four years later they were back. So too was 38-year-old Roger Miller, and his entry into Italia 90 could hardly have been more dramatic. In the opening match, Oman Biak's mighty leap led to the only goal of the game. Cameroon had created one of the biggest shocks in FIFA World Cup history, beating the holders Argentina 1-0. The Africans' next match against Romania was petering out to a draw until Milan's timely intervention. He opened the scoring in the 76th minute and 10 minutes later showed great pace before thrashing in his second. Cameroon won the match 2-1 and progressed to the last 16. The second round match against Colombia in Naples established Miller as a true FIFA World Cup hero. Yet again, a dull match was sparked into life by the introduction of the veteran striker. In the 106th minute, Colombia's eccentric goalkeeper, René Higuita, left a glaring gap at his near post, and Miller exploited it to give Cameroon the lead. The next goal, just three minutes later, was more about comedy than serious theatrical drama. Indulging in his well-known habit of dribbling the ball upfield, Higuita was dispossessed by Miller, who accepted the invitation. Miller celebrated with his trademark dance by the corner flag, whilst Higuita wished the ground would eat him up. The indomitable Lions won 2-1 and became the first African team to reach the quarterfinals. In the last four, Cameroon faced an England team that included 1986 Golden Boot winner Gary Lineker and the supremely gifted Paul Gascoigne. Cameroon were 1-0 down at half-time and once again would need to call on their super self. True to form, Roger Miller's introduction turned the match on its head. In the 60th minute, he was fouled in the penalty area by Paul Gascoigne. Emmanuel Koundé scored the resulting penalty to give Cameroon a deserved equaliser. Four minutes later, Milan created another goal, releasing Eugene Akike, who clipped his shot beyond Peter Shilton and into the net. England were in disarray, and Cameroon on the verge of an incredible victory. In the 83rd minute, Gary Lineker salvaged England's FIFA World Cup campaign by winning and scoring the resulting penalty. In extra time, he did the same, sending his country to the semi-finals for the first time since 1966.
The final whistle signalled the end of an enthralling contest and the end of Miller's adventure. Cameroon's performance was so impressive that it prompted FIFA to announce that there would be a third African team at future tournaments. At USA 94, Miller returned to the finals for his FIFA World Cup finale. Although Cameroon failed to make it past the group stage, Miller created history again. At 42, he became the oldest player to score in the finals. Roger Miller will always be remembered for his dazzling performances during the 1990 FIFA World Cup Finals in Italy. His excellent technique and eye for goal won him many admirers, and he remains a popular figurehead of African football. Yes, that is the story behind the oldest scorer in FIFA World Cup history, Roger Miller when he illuminated Italy 1990 with his goals and dancing celebration, inspiring Cameroon to break new ground for an African nation by reaching the last eight of the World Cup. The next legend we'll be, we'll be learning more and discovering about is Franz Anton Pakimba. Born 11 September 1945 is a German former professional footballer and a manager. In his playing career, he was nicknamed the Kaiser, meaning the Emperor. Because of his elegant style, dominance, and leadership on the field, and also as his first name, Franz, is reminiscent of the Austrian emperors. He is widely regarded to be one of the greatest players in the history of the sports. A versatile player who started out as a midfielder, Bakimba made his name as a central defender and he is often credited having invented the role of modern sweeper, libero. He came up with the modern term libero meaning a sweeper. He was an outstanding central defender in his A days. Twice named European Footballer of the Year, Bakimba appeared 103 times for West Germany and played in three FIFA World Cups and two European Championships. He's one of the three men, along with Brazil's Mario Zagallo and France Didier Deschamps, to have won the World Cup as a player and as a manager. He lifted the World Cup trophy as a captain in 1974 and repeated the fate as a manager in 1990. He was the first captain to lift the World Cup and an European Championship at international level and the European Cup at club level. He was named in the World Team of the 20th century in 1998. The FIFA World Cup Dream Team in 2002, and the Ballon d'Or Dream Team in 2020, and in 2004 was listed in the FIFA 100 of the world's greatest living players. At club level with Bayern Munich, Bakimba won the UEFA Cup Winners' Cup in 1967 and three consecutive European Cups 
from 1974 to 1976. The latter fate made him the first player to win three European Cups as a captain of his club. He became team manager and later president of Bayern Munich. After two spells with the New York Cosmos, he was inducted into the U.S. National Soccer Hall of Fame. Bakimba led Germany's successful bid to host the 2006 FIFA World Cup in Germany and chaired the organizing committee. He worked as a pundit for Sky Germany and for 34 years as a colonist for the tabloid Bayer, a top newspaper in Germany, both until 2016. In August 2016, it was announced that Frank Bakimba was being investigated for fraud and money laundering as part of the 2006 World Cup. The investigation was closed without a verdict in 2020 as the statute of limitations had expired. It's such an inspiring and a great personality. He would have been the only person in the history of the game to have won the World Cup as a player, as a manager, and also as an administrator. Let's learn more about Frank Beckenbauer. Nicknamed the Kaiser, Franz Beckenbauer was an outstanding talent and remains Germany's most celebrated footballer. Alongside Mario Zagallo, he remains the only man to play in and manage a FIFA World Cup winning team, lifting the trophy as captain in 1974 and manager in 1990. Born in Munich on the 11th of September in 1945, Beckenbauer invented the role of an attacking sweeper and was revered for his supreme confidence and great leadership. Beckenbauer made his FIFA World Cup debut at the 1966 finals in England. He adopted an attacking midfield role and made a memorable start. The Kaiser illustrated perfect technique, scoring twice in West Germany's 5-0 demolition of Switzerland and once in their 4-0 quarterfinal victory against Uruguay. In the semi-finals, Beckenbauer faced one of the greatest goalkeepers of all time, Lev Yashin. The USSR proved to be tough opposition, but lacked the class that West Germany offered all over the pitch. Beckenbauer secured a deserved 2-1 victory in the 68th minute with a spectacular long-range goal that left a bemused Yashin standing. Wembley Stadium was the venue for the final between West Germany and hosts England. Bobby Charlton's performance in the semi-final against Portugal persuaded German coach Helmut Schoen to change his tactics and assign one of his players to man-marking. That player was Franz Beckenbauer. In what was an enthralling match, neither man gave the other an inch of space, resulting in both players cancelling each other out. Certainly for Beckenbauer, Bobby Charlton was celebrating at the end of the match as England lifted the Jules Rimet trophy with a 4-2 win after extra time. 
Despite losing in the final, Beckenbauer's performance throughout the entire tournament was exceptional, and his precocious talent won him many fans. Beckenbauer returned to the fray at the 1970 finals in Mexico. This time, his role was more withdrawn, taking his place at the heart of the German defence. In the quarterfinals, he was given the chance to enact revenge on England, the team that had defeated West Germany in the 1966 final. It proved to be one of the most remarkable matches in the history of the tournament, with West Germany coming from 2-0 down to win 3-2 in extra time. Beckenbauer led the comeback with a fine solo effort in the 67th minute. Revenge for the 1966 final defeat was sweet, but his joy was short-lived. In the semi-final, he dislocated his shoulder, following a foul on the edge of the penalty area by Italian defender Pierluigi Serra. Heavily strapped, with his arm in a sling, Beckenbauer refused to be substituted and played on through the pain. Despite his heroics, Beckenbauer could not prevent West Germany losing 4-3 in extra time. The Kaiser was down but not out, and it was just a matter of time before he realised his dream. That day came at the 1974 finals on home soil. By now, he was playing in the position he revolutionised, as a libero behind the defence. He organised his team from the back and came forward when they attacked. Alongside Bertie Votes, Beckenbauer was part of a formidable West German defence that secured a hard-fought victory in the semi-final against Poland. In fact, it was he who orchestrated the only goal of the match, finished off by West Germany's goal machine Gerd Müller in the 76th minute. West Germany owed the victory to their defence, and in particular, goalkeeper Sepp Meyer, who made a string of fine saves to deny the Poles. Beckenbauer showed his appreciation to Meyer for helping set up a second FIFA World Cup final appearance. At the final in Munich, West Germany laid to rest their agonising extra-time defeats at the 1966 and 1972 tournaments with a narrow but conclusive 2-1 victory against the much-fancied Dutch. Beckenbauer became the first captain to lift the brand-new FIFA World Cup after Brazil won the right to keep the Jules Rimet trophy in 1970. Sixteen years on, in 1990, Beckenbauer was celebrating again, this time as manager. When Andreas Bremer converted a penalty five minutes before the end in the final against Argentina, Beckenbauer became the second man to win the FIFA World Cup as a player and manager. A superstar in every sense of the word, Franz Beckenbauer's successes off the pitch are as memorable as those on it. Elegant, tactically superb and a great leader, the legacy of Beckenbauer's golden career will last for a very long time. Most definitely, he is a leader on and off the pitch. Another entertaining star we'll be looking at is Karim Cha. Manuel Francisco dos Santos, nicknamed Manny 
Carincha, best known simply as Carincha, meaning little bird, was a Brazilian professional footballer who played as a right winger. Was born 28th October 1933 and passed away 20th January 1983. He is widely regarded as one of the greatest players of all time and by some, the greatest dribbler ever. Carincha played a vital role in Brazil's 1958 and 1962 World Cup victories. In 1962, when Pelé got injured, Carincha led Brazil to a World Cup victory with a dominating performance throughout the tournament. He also became the first player to win the Golden Ball player of the tournament and the Golden Boot, the leading goal scorer, and the World Cup in the same tournament. He was also named in the World Cup All-Star teams of both 1958 World Cup and 1962 World Cup. In 1994, he was named in the FIFA World Cup all-time team. Brazil never lost a game while fielding both Carincha and Pelé. In 1999, he came seventh in FIFA Player of the Century Grand Jury Vote. He's a member of the world team of the 20th century and was inducted into the Brazilian Football Hall of Fame. Due to his immense popularity in Brazil, he was also called Algeria de Povo, the people's joy, and the bent-legged angel. At club level, Carincha played the majority of, of his professional career for the Brazilian team Botafogo in the Maracanã Stadium, the home team room or dressing room was known as Carincha. The capital, Brasilia, the Estadio Nacional Mani Carincha is named after him. He is credited for, in, for his first bullfighting chance of Ole to be used at football grounds. Ole, 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 ole. He came up with that chant. This show is your most educative, informative, and exciting sports show on the calling platform. We'll hear more about Carincha's impact on the beautiful game of football. Despite being born with a badly distorted leg on the 28th of October 1933, Garincha went on to become one of the best players ever to represent Brazil. One of the finest dribblers in the history of the game, he was admired for his explosive pace and incomparable skills, talents that helped Brazil to successive FIFA World Cup triumphs in 1958 and 1962. At the 1958 finals in Sweden, Garincha became part of a formidable attack that included a precocious teenager by the name of Pelé. Brazil coach Vicente Fiola was unhappy with his team's performance in their opening group matches and opted to introduce Pelé and Garincha to the fray against the USSR. 
A goal in each half from striker Vava secured a 2-0 win, but it was Garincha and Pelé that made the difference. Brazil went from strength to strength and eventually beat Sweden 5-2 in the final. Vava and Pelé scored two goals each, but Garincha was the unsung hero. His contribution was crucial, providing several assists on his team's way to glory. Garincha's finest hour came four years later at the 1962 FIFA World Cup Finals in Chile. His magical displays and four crucial goals won him the Player of the Tournament Award. Brazil were dealt a severe blow early on in their campaign when Pelé was ruled out of the finals through injury. Despite the obvious disappointment, Garincha was ready to play for them both. In the first round, he was a constant menace to opposing defences, helping Brazil to the top of their first-round group. In their final Group 3 match against Spain, Garincha set up the winning goal with a devastating run. He beat two men before providing an inch-perfect cross for Amarillo to head home. Carincho played 50 international games for Brazil between 1955 and 1966 and was a starter for the national team in the 1958, 1962 and 1966 World Cups. Brazil lost one game with him on the pitch against Hungary at the 1966 World Cup. This was the last time Carincho played in the national team. Pelé did not play the game against Hungary and thus Brazil never lost when Carincha and Pelé were in the same lineup. His first cup was against Chile in Rio de Janeiro in 1955. He played two games at the Copa America in 1957 and four in the 1959 edition. Brazil finished runners up in both editions. That is about the man and his impact on the game. In the quarterfinals against England, Garincha showed an unexpected side to his talents. From Zagallo's corner in the 31st minute, he got in front of his marker and scored a thumping header. Despite an equalising goal from Jerry Hitchens seven minutes later, Garincha was not to be denied. In the 53rd minute, his powerful free kick was parried into the path of Vava, who restored Brazil's lead with a close-range header. Garincha put the final nail in England's coffin six minutes later. He secured a famous 3-1 win with his second goal of the match, and without question one of the best goals of the tournament. The Nacional Stadium in Santiago hosted the semi-final between defending champions Brazil and host Chile. Garincha started where he left off against England demonstrating his skill with devastating effect. 
He opened the scoring in the ninth minute with another magnificent goal, this time with his left foot. In the 32nd minute, he scored with his head again, carrying in another corner from Zagala. Brazil eventually won the match 4-2 and progressed to the final against Czechoslovakia. They started slowly, allowing Josef Mazepust to give the Europeans a shot lead. Brazil fought back valiantly, and after Amarildo had equalized in the first half, Zito gave the South Americans a deserved lead midway into the second half. Vavar sealed a marvellous comeback in the 78th minute, following an error by Czech goalkeeper William Schroif. Brazil won 3-1 to retain their crown, with Garincha the undoubted star of the tournament. Garincha's last appearance on the world stage was at the 1966 finals in England. Brazil got off to a wonderful start with a 2-0 victory against Bulgaria. Pelé scored in the first half and Garincha in the second. His distorted legs bending in at the knee were made for outrageous shots like this. Unfortunately, Brazil were a shadow of the side that had triumphed in 1958 and 1962. They lost their remaining group matches and exited the tournament prematurely. Remarkably, the match against Hungary was Garincha's only defeat in 50 appearances for Brazil. Sadly, his 50th cap turned out to be his last international and FIFA World Cup match. Garincha left a lasting impression on the FIFA World Cup, with diplomatic performances during the 1962 finals. Brazil's beloved winger was revered for his unique talent, and despite his tragic death in 1983, Garincha's memory will live on forever. Yes, putting into perspective Garincha's impact on the game in Brazil and across the world. In his 50 games for Brazil, he never lost. He only lost one game, which coincidentally was his last game for Brazil. And as it was said, that any time he played with the legendary Pelé, Brazil has never lost, had never lost a game. Such is the impact he had on the game. We'll look at another person who's had a, such a lasting impact on the beautiful game. That is Frank Pushkas. Who is Frank Pushkas? Let me give you a brief information about him. Frank Pushkas, born 2nd April 1927 and died 17th November 2006, was a Hungarian football player and manager, widely regarded as one of the greatest players, the greatest strikers of all time, and the sport's first international superstar. A forward, he scored 162 goals in 123 international matches for Hungary. Played four international matches for Spain and scored 514 goals in 529 matches in the Hungarian and Spanish leagues. He became an, an Olympic champion in 1952 and led his nation to the final of the 1954 World Cup. He won three European Cups, 
namely the 1959, 1960, and 1966, and 10 national championships, five Hungarian and five Spanish Primera Division, and eight top individual scoring honors. In 1995, he was recognized as the greatest top division scorer of the 20th century by the IFFHS, with 806 goals in 793 official games scored during his career. He is the fourth top goal scorer of all time. He was the son of former footballer Frank Pushkas Jr. Uh, senior. Pushkas started his career in Hungary playing for Kispets and Budapest Hornved. He was the top scorer in the Hungarian league on four occasions and in 1948 he was the top scorer in Europe. During the 1950s, he was both a prominent member and captain of the Hungarian national team, known as the Mighty Magajias. In 1958, two years after the Hungarian Revolution, he immigrated to Spain, where he played for Real Madrid. While playing with Real Madrid, Pushkas won four pitchy pitches and scored seven goals in two European Champions Cup final. The term Magajia is very common in many African countries. And today, on this most exciting, educative, and informative sports show, you've heard where that term is coined from. That term is coined from the golden Hungarian generation of 1950, when they were known as the mighty Magajias and scored seven goals in two European Champions Cup finals. After retiring as a player, he became a coach. The highlight of his coaching career came in 1971, when he guided Panathinaikos to the European Cup final, where they lost 2-0 to Ajax. In 1993, he returned to Hungary and took temporary charge of the Hungarian national team. In 1998, he became one of the first ever FIFA and SOS charity ambassadors. In 2002, the NAP Stadium in Budapest was renamed Pushkas Ferenc Stadium in his honor. He was declared the best Hungarian player of the last 50 years by the Hungarian Football Federation in the UEFA Jubilee Awards in November 2003. In October 2009, FIFA announced the introduction of the FIFA Pushkas Award, awarded to the player who has scored the most beautiful goal over the past year. He was also listed in Pelé's FIFA 100. And tonight, the last player on our FIFA Classic Player Series. We'll hear more about his impressive journey in the beautiful game. Popularly considered Hungary's finest ever player, Ferenc Puskas is one of the greatest footballers to grace the FIFA World Cup. Born in Budapest on the 2nd of April in 1927, the galloping major was the figurehead of the groundbreaking Hungarian team that dominated world football 
in the early 1950s. Hungary entered the 1954 FIFA World Cup finals in Switzerland as the undeniable favourites to claim football's most coveted prize. Captained by the irrepressible Ferenc Puskas, they hadn't lost an international match for four years. After beating Korea Republic, where Puskas scored twice, Hungary faced a tougher proposition in the form of West Germany. In an effort to conceal his best side and to learn about Hungary's, German coach Sepp Herberger sent out a weakened team. The Magic Magyars went for the jugular and were 3-0 up in 21 minutes. Puskas scored the second with a typically clinical finish before setting up the third for Sandor Coxing. By the 55th minute, Hungary had raced into a 5-1 lead, but soon after, Puskas sustained an ankle injury under a challenge from Werner Liebrich. Despite receiving treatment from the Hungarian physio, he was forced to leave the pitch. Hungary won the match 8-3, scoring their last three goals without their captain. Sadly, the injury Puskas sustained would keep him out of the next two matches. To his relief, Hungary coped well without him, beating Brazil in the quarterfinals 4-2 and Uruguay in the semifinals 4-2. Kocic was the hero against Uruguay, securing Hungary's place in the final with two goals in extra time. There was the venue for what many expected to be the crowning of the unstoppable Hungarians. More so, they faced the team that they had made light work of in the early rounds, West Germany. The question on everyone's lips was would Puskas play? Despite many journalists suggesting that he was unfit, Hungarian manager Gustav Sebes opted to start with his talented and inspirational captain. Despite fears that Puskas was not fit, he enjoyed a perfect start. In fact, his impact in the early stages was devastating. In the sixth minute, Kocic's shot hit Echo and rebounded invitingly to Puskas, who scored with a low cross shot past Ture. Two minutes later, Cyborg gave Hungary a 2-0 lead, following a dreadful mix-up in the German defence. What followed was perhaps the most unexpected comeback in FIFA World Cup history. Within 11 minutes, the Germans were level. They pulled the goal back in the 10th minute, when Max Morlock directed the ball into the net from close range. In the 18th minute, Fritz Valtar's corner fell to Helmut Rahm, who volleyed in past two Hungarian defenders on the line. 2-2 after 18 minutes. Quite incredible. Hungary responded well and were unlucky not to take the lead. Hibiguti hit the post with a snapshot at the end of the first half. And Kocic hit the top of the crossbar with a header in the second. With six minutes left, Helmut Rahn broke Hungarian hearts when his low left foot shot from the edge of the penalty area 
evaded Grosich's outstretched hand. Hungary regrouped in search of an equaliser. In the dying minutes, Puskas ran onto Tuff's pass and placed the ball past Turek and into the back of the net. To his dismay, the goal was ruled out for offside and the match ended 3-2 to West Germany. Having conquered all before them, Hungary had lost the one that really mattered, the FIFA World Cup final. Puskas was gracious in defeat, congratulating German captain Fritz Feltar on a fine victory. After eight years of exile following Hungary's failed revolt against Soviet rule, Puskas graced the FIFA World Cup again at the 1962 finals in Chile. Sadly, his last appearance at the finals was one to forget, as his newly adopted country Spain exited the tournament in the first round. A 2-1 defeat to the eventual winners of the tournament Brazil brought an end to Puskas' FIFA World Cup career. A prolific goalscorer with a fierce left foot shot, Ferenc Puskas scored an incredible 84 goals in 85 international matches. A FIFA World Cup finalist in 1954, he will always be remembered for his contribution to the beautiful game. Most definitely, he's had such a beautiful impact on the beautiful game. As always, it's been great coming your way with today's edition of the FIFA World Cup show, themed the FIFA Classic Player Series. On Thursday, we'll continue with our last series on the FIFA Classic Player Series. And be strong, be kind, and stay safe in these surreal times. And moments until same time Thursday. It's bye for now. <laughs>